Hey everyone, my name is Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to DocuSweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, through our own lens, however, and it could be a bitter, spicy, salty lens at the end of the day. The last note, mildly sweet. Yes, so today we are discussing The Deep End. It is a freeform Hulu documentary or docuseries about spiritual guru from YouTube, Teal Swan. In this episode, we are discussing episode one of the docu-series, and it's called The Lost Toys. Yep. Okay, so I had never heard of this woman before this docu-series. I hadn't run into any of her teachings on YouTube or whatnot. I'm not really in that algorithm, so perhaps that's not something that would come my way. I'm more in the algorithm of like, dating attachment styles and and deep sensitive empaths like how do you deal being a deep sense i get all of those Wad gets a lot of like libra memes you know so i'm not quite sure if we were in the like desperate trauma suicidal uh algorithm to which we would have been accustomed to this person Wad, there are libra memes on youtube are you talking about youtube or instagram i'm just talking about the algorithm of life because like probably on instagram too like not on she's on tiktok too i don't know you know let me tell you about, I have different different timeline, different algorithms on different platforms, okay? YouTube is definitely like about drag queens or 90 Day Fiance. That's what pops up on my YouTube. <laughs> but yeah, you guys, this was a really good um, documentary. Please go and watch it so that you will know what we're talking about because as YouTubers ourselves, it was really interesting to see another side of YouTube that obviously exists now that I know of it, but because I'm not on that side of it, I was like, what? People go to YouTube to find spiritual leadership? And yes, they do. Yeah. And there's a person on there, her name is Teal Swan. That is her real name, the government name, uh, at, at least the first name. And she is born and raised in Utah. So my assumption, which may be incorrect, is that it? it's a Mormon background. It may not be, but she did say that it was religious. And she just gets on there and just like start, starts talking about life from her lens as it re- really, it should be a, as Till sees it is what it should be called. As TLC said, yeah. It's a confusing way to say it. It was like, like TLC, the, sh- the network we all love so much, but no, TLC's it. Uh-huh. So we start my love. First of all, this documentary is shot beautifully. And the entire time you're watching it, it almost feels at some points like it's a scripted narrative done so well. Like it's unbelievable the the authenticity that they have in this and how much footage they have. And it's again, shot gorgeously. This opening scene is Teal in like a bedazzled Moomoo and I have the exact same one. Oh. Oh, yeah, it's in the it's in my closet right now. You have to go look at it. I'm like dying. Okay, what if I next next when you see Wagon, she'll be wearing it. Okay, find it. Great. The V-neck Mumu, it's beaded like that, but she now things to know about Teal Swan. She has long ass reddish kind of like braven hair. She has like smaller eyes, like 
but they are very intense and they're like a light blue. She has a very strong chin. Also, she's plucked them to with an inch of her life. It looks like yeah. she has plucked them since she was 12. She's never truly had eyelash brows. Like she has plucked them in, in only the, in only a 90s style girl could have plucked them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to the inch of their lives, honey. And by an inch, one millimeter of her life. So yeah. let's get in. So this scene There'll be a lot of water scenes and obviously it's called the deep end. So this makes sense. It's like the pool or whatever in this gorgeous pool. She is in, she is letting this woman float uh, next to her. And the woman starts to go through convulses and shaking and screaming and crying as she relives some sort of incredibly traumatic situation in this water. And Teal is just there at some points, the, the cinematography sort of resembles with these moo-moos. It feels like beta fish in their like beautiful fins in the water. Like it's, well, one thing you know about betas, honey, is really only can be one because they'll fight each other. Ha ha ha. Anyway, it's gorgeously shot and it gives us this intro of the intense work that Teal does with people and who she is and her background we're soon, we're soon to know. The next shot is Teal at a retreat, in, or not a retreat. She's at a meet and greet, like what looks like at a hotel or something. One of those flyers that people like turn up to. And she's getting ready for the meet and greet. She is complaining to her people, her handlers, her like inner circle, that she does not want to be flanked by people. And she says, some of these people, you know, it's not like a typical celebrity. Some are listening to me at 3 a.m. when they want to kill themselves. This is where we start to get a little bit of this woman's narcissism. And in the beginning, we don't see it as much. And I think that it's good storytelling that we don't see it. And we're not hit over the head with it as being as obvious as it is as you finish watching it. So it, it, wow. Even the water scene of that, we see it in the light in the first episode. And then we see it in a different light in a latter episode. And we start to realize that this woman is simply torturing these people. Like this, these, these people are having hallucinations possibly because of water torture that they are undergoing with this woman. So yeah. it, it's just like, it's so interesting to watch this and trigger warning you guys. There are people who talk about past sexual abuse that they have as children. Teal talks about it. In fact, she feel, it feels like she, uncovers a lot of abuse that people have gone through, through her methodology. Um, and it, it starts to become a little awkward and needless to say with, as the, with the amount of people who are coming out with similar stories after they walk away from her. And are they better? Some of them aren't and some of them fight back. And we're going to see that throughout this story. But yes, so we see a little bit of her seminars and people who have just watched her on YouTube and they have, you know, she's inspired them a lot and they feel like she is the next new thing in spirituality. She's trying to get on the, I can't, I'm not going to say everybody's name, somebody, Mark Robbins, Tony Robbins, somebody Robbins. Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins. She's trying to get on Tony Robbins's like level. She's really like flanked herself with people who are dedicated to the cause and the cause is her. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. She'll in her in later episodes, uh, she kind of like lays out, but right now we also introduced to a gentleman, a tall skinny gentleman named Blake. And um, he's at this meet and greet 
And he's kind of like her right-hand man uh, that we'll find out. And during some of the audience work, he's kind of like her comedic foil a little bit because this, listen, Teal is nothing if not incredibly intense and incredibly serious like all the time i mean she's there's not gonna get a haha from this woman you know whatever not at all for a woman whose name is teal swan like naughty but if you wanted haha like go see her comfort go see her comrade uh turquoise goose you know turquoise yeah. goose comes with all the jokes honey but teal swan she's she's elegant honey and she's not doing it yeah i will also say this we're gonna see a couple of these meet and greets this woman comes to this these meet and greets almost always wearing a sequins gown of some time like some kind i don't know if she thinks she's going to a persian wedding people are like on death's door listening to her at 3 a.m they're like coming and cut off so this woman like shows up in sequins and then but also like it's not it's just the dress. Her hair will always be just down. Her makeup always the same. Her you'll you'll see she'll wear an open-toed shoe. She hasn't gotten a pedicure in years. Not you know? a pedicure. Just not a not a toenail to be have done at all. She'll have a swooped side bit of hair on the side, and that's where she loves it. That's where she feels like it's in her power zone, is if that hair is just swooped to one side. And she'll have a long dangly earring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she, yeah, she definitely is very serious as Chris was saying, um, because she wants you to know that she doesn't take this lightly and she's here to save fucking lives, okay? This is yeah. serious work. And the only time she's gonna smile or smirk or laugh is when she's like, well, do you fucking wanna be here? Cause if you don't, you need to take a, a good look at what suicide it would be like for you. Yeah. That's when she's laughing and you're just like, oh, what a, you know, at first, the first time I heard it, I mean, I have a lot of personal feelings about people who unlive themselves and stuff like that. So I'm not going to bring it into this, but it's just so interesting just the way she's so matter of fact about it. And it's a style that if I'm being honest, Chris, that I, I understand that is what I need. I don't need somebody who's like airy and smiley and like trying to make me feel good. I need someone who's going to make me look at the shit, who's going to make me look at the the dirty, who's going to make me really envision what that would look like in order for me to like take them serious. So I understand the pull. I the first episode, I literally was like, "Well, what's wrong with her? Are people just mad because she's a woman? Are people mad because she's strong? Is are people mad because she says what she says and 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 is not apologetic about it?" I literally was like, I don't know how I feel after the first episode. Yeah, well, listen, Wa could be easily paying $400 for like a full day retreat at a Ramada, but not over my- Ramada. I don't know, these places don't with that. I mean, how expensive can these places be? I mean, I feel like it's like, it's not because I have a Ramada. I feel like it's at like a, a nice niche place, like in Utah somewhere. Okay, it could be at a Marriott. That's yeah, her thing moment. is, Wa's like, wait, I have points. Yeah, uh, I do. Her thing is, yeah, again, to make people play out the both sides that they want to kill themselves. And she is matter of fact about it. But she her also also her thing is to make people talk about their trauma and then use the universal suffering of trauma to make people feel connected to her and indebted to her for her point of view of how to fix yourself. And she we'll get into why she thinks she has the ability to do so. But 
during this meet and greet, she's bringing people on and, you know, then they do their thing. And then at the very end, she's like, Blake comes on. He's like, we got to go. Which is like, but Blake, do we have time for one more? You know, the people like, you know, like, yes, Blake, please. And Blake's like, it's never just a little time with you. And she's like, no, I got to follow my heart. This is after we've seen this woman be like, I want to get the hell out of here as soon as possible. And we get this moment too. So after, you know, this like lecture, they, she actually sits and stands in front of a uh, a step and repeat people come up to her one dude comes up to her and is like teal love you so much like i got your whole face the tattoo on on my arm and you see this woman literally react like this like <sighs> as you should peasant not even like a wow or they got my likeness or did that hurt or i mean something no like she wants nothing to do with talking to this man about it and there will be times in which it feels like men specifically if not other people disgust her no matter what unless they're giving her un but yeah, disgust her it, some people she wants to have their devotion but when she gets them it's like feelings or connection with people actually disgust her with disgust her which is funny because she claims so much that that is what she's trying to facilitate um yeah. i mean she has a cult following at this point i mean a, a, a like a, a little cult following now she's not necessarily the head of this cult from what i've seen as far as online and stuff she is just putting out the information she's not telling people to get the tattoo but they're getting the tattoo we have a picture of the tattoo. So if you're watching this on Patreon, which if you would like to see the video version of what you were listening to, you can go to patreon.com slash docusweeties for $10 a month and you would get this as soon as it drops, unedited, and you get to see our faces in the pictures that we put up. So yes, so she is just trying to make as much money. She wants this to be a business. And you can kind of see that in the first episode for sure. She actually writes a book called The Completion Process, which is her guide on how to kind of get over trauma and move forward with your life. She refers to her followers as the Teal Tribe, or maybe they refer to themselves as the Teal Tribe. She also has paintings, her works of art that have been duplicated that you can purchase online. She's got them in print, so you can get them in leggings, you can get them in sweaters, you can get them in hoodies. I'm sure you can get them in a caftan if you wanted them. Uh -huh. um, and she just sees herself as teaching truth. And she has no formal education when it comes to psychology or any formal training. She's never even gone to like another country and picked up any sort of spiritual guidance or leaders from anyone else. This is just her and Blake in Utah in the hills. You know what I'm saying? Like beautiful surroundings in Utah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, would it be funny, because you almost said this, if her tribe was called Teal Drops, because it's like everyone's crying all the time? <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> the Teal yeah. Drops. It almost feels like also like a 50s band. So she sees herself as a mirror. As we said, she's teaching truth, she says. We get uh, introduced to her manager. Now, her manager's name is Mathis. And so he yeah. is European. And this man, <laughs> he she has decided at some point, it was just her and Blake, right, running this. He was running everything online. He was running the Facebook. He was running the YouTube. He was filming everything. He was figuring out how to get it edited and, do, and all that stuff. But at some point she realizes that if she wanted to take her brand to the next level, she had to get a team. So she went and found somebody who was already a Teal tribe member and who was at the top of his game in, I think he was a coach at tennis is I think what I remember. And she plucked him and said, hey, would you like to come work for me? I want you to make me the best. And he was like, absolutely. 
he believes in her cause. He believes in her and he wants to help people around the world um, get to the place of, you know, whatever Teal's version of Darvana is. And so we see that she's now surrounded herself with Blake. She's surrounded herself with Matthias. And then we meet a couple of other people from her tribe, you know, later on. We don't see them in the, in the very beginning. Um, but Blake. Now, Blake is the co-founder of whatever, I can't remember the name of her, <laughs> of her industry group or her corporation. corporation. He does, they have known each other since they were 19 years old. And they've lived together for 16 years. He does everything for her, like including henna dyes oh, her hair. Yeah. I, this, I mean, and it's so sensual too, the idea of doing someone's hair, like dyeing someone's hair is such a sensual thing. He really is, his energy is incredibly warm and loving and non-threatening. It's like the opposite of teal i mean like a yin and a yang like how did you find this person he is like the softest little kitty who loves his fucking goldfish you know like we see the scene in episode one where he like is caring for his goldfish he like calls them all the names you know like he loves those goldfish you know he you know that he's just like sad that he can't pet him yeah he probably does still pet him though yep have you ever have you pet a goldfish? No, a fish smell. That's true. That's that's that is true. <laughs> I eat them, but I don't want them in my house as pets. Mm-hmm. I don't want a koi pond. I don't want to live next to a river. I mean, I do, but not that <laughs> has like fish in it. <laughs> I don't like the smell. <laughs> yeah, she wants to live next to an. She wants to live next to an infinity pool. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, he he is lovely. So we we also get Teal talking about her childhood. So when she was real young, she and her parents put her in a bowl haircut, honey, for what feels like seven years. I mean, they weren't playing. I mean, I they did her wrong, is what they did. So if anything that she needs to be upset with her parents for is that damn bowl cut. That's why she always has her hair like this now. She's like, never again. I'll never cut my hair again. And all I'm going to have it is like dyed this henna. Like, I won't go back to that bowl cut, mom. How dare you? She also like is basically like my parents did not know what to do with me. Like when I was really young, I was like already seeing dead people. And I was like seeing different dimensions. And like they didn't understand. They just kept putting her to different psychiatrists and as well as like other parents in their neighborhood were like you are not playing with my kids like you must be crazy and i can't i can imagine you like know at an early age i don't know why it's harder to see people as adults but i feel like when you see a kid who's like going through it you're like i could you can tell when some kids are going to be like crazy narcissists when they grow up and i'm sure she was like easily recognizable to the psychiatrist and that's why they labeled her or diagnosed her bipolar schizophrenic and basically have a personality disorder which She's like, I got every name in the book. And there'll be a lot of times in this docuseries where she says that she is the things that we know that she is, and she won't live in it or believe it to be true. Yeah, she desperately tries to be not like, she's like, everybody who isn't, who they call a narcissist doesn't think they're a narcissist. So am I a narcissist? Like, but. But no, like she's because she truly believes that what she is saying is 
the truth because it is her truth. And let me tell you, I am that person too. Like there are sometimes I say stuff and I'm like, no, this is the only way that it can be. This, I'm right. I am right. I know this intrinsically. I know this in my spirit and in my heart that this works 100% of the time. And so that is why I know that I'm right. And so I could see a little bit of myself in her. That's why like some of the things that she says and does was resonating in me because I'm like, yes, like these are the hard, cold truth facts of life that if you live by, then you will be successful in this certain part of your life. And how, however, where this is now trigger warning, where it kind of goes dark again, is that we find out that because of this, because of her parents not trusting in her or not getting her the proper help with like, listen, back in her, I don't know how old she is, but we're only now coming on to certain breakthroughs in psychiatry, psychology now. You know, the millennials are the first generation to like truly think about the way that they treat people around them, whereas like generations before them just reacted. So like, we're the ones that are breaking those, you know, generational curses and those generational traumas. So there was, there was not, not going to be any help for her. But she says that her parents put her in the hands of other people, spiritual people, and those people took advantage of her. There was some sexual abuse with these people. And, you know, she was taken advantage of as early as the age of six and that she was put in a pit in the, in the ground in his backyard and left there. And that he was like giving her drugs, like horse tranquilizer. And the first time that she tried to unalive herself was age 17. And after she didn't get any support from that, she drove to Blake's house and she just stayed with him from then. But we don't understand how she knew Blake to begin with. So mm -hmm. we don't really understand. She says that they fell in love. And they, um, you know, were happy for, I guess, a, a little bit of time. Because after that, we find out that, yes, her and Blake were in love. And then he remained in love. And she just, like, picked up and moved on with her life and continued to meet other men, marry other men, have a whole child, while Blake just dutifully sat next to her and supported her through it all. Yeah. Suppose she got married, she says, five times five times, honey, like Elizabeth Taylor, you know what I'm saying? Just, it's a lot of times to be married. I like, that was, in, I was like, can we talk more? And like, how can we have none of your ex-husbands? Like, we need to talk to your ex-husbands. I mean, that's absolutely. We see her son in some passing footage. We never talk to that person. He looks yeah. like a little blonde, like chair root. We go back to Blake. So one thing that also happens a lot in this documentary is that there's a lot of mug looks, a lot of mugs, okay? And not one of them makes sense. But right at this point, Blake is drinking out of a unicorn mug. And I wrote down, it's because he is. He is a loving, selfless man unicorn. I can't imagine that he's been with this woman for so long. He just is like, he is just full of unconditional love. But he talks again about his goldfish. And they said they are stuck there in their tiny world where nothing changes. And I was like, you're a goldfish, baby. You're a goldfish, honey, honey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he also then introduces us to Juliana because he calls Juliana like a broken, like non-brand phone. And I think to myself, like, you've done so much work for this, for Teal. And you're like doing a lot of like the editing, like she couldn't spring for you to get an iPhone. I mean, an iPhone pro, like, aren't you like doing things for her, you know, but they all are like living in some commune. It looks like a beautiful house in Utah, but I mean, in this house, a bunch of people are living and I don't know how they like afford all of it. I mean, I, I know you does she not here's the thing the thing that the thing to me the number one red flag that this is a cult or that it's the shapings of one or at least her inner circle is they're under some kind of spell does anyone get paid 
And that's the thing. Like when I start my group of inner circle people, I would mm-hmm. pay them. They will be on payroll. So just so you guys know. What is my job and what do I, what am I doing? You'll be on payroll. What am I doing? Oh, you want to be part of my inner circle? You're so rude. <laughs> am I not already? Yeah, but you're, what would you do? You would be in charge of emotional support, like your emotional support animal. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes. Okay. I would pay you a salary of at least 70K a year. To do what though? Just be there and like just decide on what we're going to eat and (laughs) um, (laughs) what we're going to eat and what kind of like relaxing things we should do. Queen Chris is queen of like figuring out the most cat-like luxury behavior possible and doing it all at once. And so she would be in charge of that. She would be in charge of relaxation, R&R. Yeah, I'm a creature. You're the head of R&R. <gasps> okay. <laughs> so funny. My dad says this to me too. Like, I'll, I will choose whatever is the most comfortable option at any given time. Yeah. It is, it is, it is, it is, it's shocking as well as admirable at the same time. <laughs> I'm going to say it's frustrating as well as admirable. Like Chris is the antithesis of time. Like the moment you're like, oh, this is the time. She's like, well, I, I like her brain short circuits. She wants to be able to move through the world mm-hmm. on an alternate timeline that allows mm-hmm. her to pussyfoot around mm-hmm. and like walk back and forth not seeing because she doesn't have her glasses on and then like having a thought and going and doing that and then sitting down and then realizing that, Oh, I was doing something. And then getting back up and then walking into another space and being like, Oh, I got to dust this and then dusting it. And then all of that still have her end up somewhere on time. Yes, this is true. I, first of all, what is space and what is time? And we can have this conversation at a different, you know, (laughs) different situation uh, because it's a long one, but I don't like to be beholden to space and time. And really can anyone, I mean, time travel is going to happen very soon and it's not even a linear situation. So what is time and what is space? Also side note is. That is how everybody. No, I also, I might have, you know, like I might have ADD. Okay. Because here's the truth. Like I, I'm the opposite. I don't understand how anyone moves without a, a actual tangible cognizant cognitive leash on time, because that is how you can be for me. This is neither one of my truths. That is how I can be my best self at the highest level. Like nobody who is rich is like, unless they're married into it or like whatever, oh, like probably. in order to have the money, you must run at a t- like a, you must run at some kind of speed that allows you to be able to get so many things done in the day. Now, once you get that money, then you call in Chris for the R and R because she will help you a spend it and B be relaxed while spending it. You know, I completely see what you're saying. You ask retain your, your wealth and success through work. At the same time, once you reach a, reach a certain level, you're, you make your own time, you know? So I'm not yeah. saying I, I haven't reached that level, but I also have, you know, my own problems. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> let's talk about Juliana. So we get introduced to Juliana, as we said, and Juliana is Blake's boo, looks like Nicole, Nicole Kidman. What, well? She's beautiful. Yeah. 
She's German. We know for a fact that she's German. Yeah. I think Mathis is German, but we couldn't decide on that. And Wa thought he was French, and that's why we settled on calling him European before. But if you're listening <laughs> to this and you think it's German, you you know that I was behind you. So basically, he, you know, he had he uh, Juliana is is labeled a follower, so we know that she's like into this teal situation. She says she was isolated and searching for a community, which it's like half of the, it's like these people will always say the same things. They're looking for a connection. They're looking for a community. They feel isolated. They feel alone. They feel like they don't, or they, or they don't feel, they can't feel anymore. They don't know why they're kind of moving through life lost. It's like textbook. Everyone kind of comes to teal with these, losses and these voids in their life, which of course is why they are so easily manipulated by a very strong, confident, secure person that seems like they know exactly what's happening. And just like Wah wants me to tell her that we're going to order Zanku tonight and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, you know, Teal is like, let's look at your trauma and let's get to it, you know? And they're like, oh, at least someone will. Yeah. I want to say something about the coffee mugs, the tea mugs. I would like to <laughs> that they're not even the type of tea mugs that you can truly hold with a hot cup of tea. They're, <laughs> they're too thin. They're like ceramic or something. Like, listen, I'm a tea drinker, okay? There are, there are mugs that when you touch them, they're hot like fire because of the boiling water that's in them. And every last single one of the mugs that I saw being used, that didn't have hot tea in it. It didn't. It's because it's too thin and it wasn't the right type of clay needed for it to be somewhat touchable. So I just want to say that as an avid tea drinker, that that's what was going on in there. I think it's like ayahuasca mixed with some sort of shroom tea these people are drinking. I think it's like that kind of thing. Especially, yeah, like, yeah it feels like they're all drinking one pot of ayahuasca. Honey, their tongues are going numb and they're like about to see like dancing frogs, you know, which by the way, like, <laughs> hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. It's alive! It's just yeah. dead. Um, you know what we're talking about, do you? So, back to Juliana. Juliana. Yeah. Juliana. So, he's FaceTiming with Juliana, and Juliana and him look like they are, like, staring hearts at each other. And we get to reveal that Juliana is going to come stay slash for a long time or we'll who sees with them we have a beautiful scene with juliana and her mom and her mom expresses worry and that she has a strange feeling about juliana leaving to go live with teal and blake and this is somebody juliana is a is a follower who has only been to the u.s i think one time for one retreat and that's where i think her initial meeting with blake was and their souls connected because let me tell you these two are the kindest, gentlest people and they belong together and they, they deserve happiness. I'm just going to say that right off, right off. Back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and Juliana, it, she's experiencing Teal from a far land. Mm -hmm. And so while it's, it's, it was very evident to me as soon as I saw that her mother was in the picture, but I was like, Oh, this woman doesn't seem like she would be the right person for Teal. Like there's, she's, she, while she feels adrift and, you know, doesn't know what she wants, I feel like that just might be in her career, mm -hmm. but like, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's in her home life because her home life seems very loving. Now looks can be deceiving, but the mother agreed to be on the show and the um, relationship and the way she spoke to her mother was just so loving that I was like, it feels odd that she's going to go be a part of this inner circle and this group. 
And we know uh, initially that Teal is kind of like not with it. And we don't know exactly why that Teal isn't into it, but Juliana's coming and she is going to be with Blake and Blake cannot wait for her to be there. And Teal is a little pensive about Juliana coming and she needs to see how Juliana adds to the mix and how, you know, what's the end game. Yeah. And when Juliana first gets there, we see that Teal is very standoffish. And it's like, you didn't invite her to come here? Isn't she not your follower? Don't you know her? It's almost like they have this scene where they're all sitting around drinking uh, lemonade and the lemonade changes color when they add like, I don't know, another color to it. And they're all like mesmerized by this color changing lemonade, which is, you know, why Chris said they were, they were drinking ayahuasca. And we see Teal like just kind of sitting and looking and just like not truly enjoying the fact that Juliana's there the way everybody else is. That scene will happen in episode two. So we'll talk more. Yeah, Juliana actually doesn't show up in episode one to the ranch. Um, Our last scene of episode one, well, there's a couple of scenes. So Mathis, who is Teal's manager, is online and he is hearing people talk shit, I guess, about Teal, you know, that she has likened suicide to a reset button because she believes in reincarnation. That she has no, the people are saying that she has no formal schooling on psychiatry, but believes her extra sensory skills just qualify her. We see Juliana in this last scene getting ready to, to make the journey. She's like on the plane. For some reason, Teal and company are in Vegas. They're standing in front of the Bellagio fountains. And, you know, Teal is taking in the lights and the sound and her like sequence, always just like cold tone sequence stuff. And she says that, she thinks that someday she'll be a bigger spiritual leader than the Pope. And that's what she wants. And honey, that is the end of episode one. I, at this point, I'm in. Like I, it's four episodes and, you know, Juan and I are coming off of seeing House of Hammer, which we had big hopes for. And already at this point, I can tell that this is a, next level docu-series. This was done incredibly well. I mean, you want to watch the, the second episode right away. There's not repeat footage. It's incredibly shot footage. They have a lot of content, you know? I mean, it's unbelievable. It's it's done so nuanced too. The, the framings of shots really underscore f- these feelings of, um, d- I mean, danger. <laughs> absolute psychotic danger. So it's engrossing. It's, it's incredibly hard to watch at certain points and unbelievable that they even have the footage. So anything else about this episode while that spoke to you? Yeah. I just, what spoke to me is that I want Blake to come and help me film my YouTube stuff because like, if I had someone to help me, I could be great too. Well, Wa could be in your inner circle, honey. And if you want me to like help you, just have to pay me 70K a year. Yeah, I mean, as soon as it starts making money. So I need somebody to fall in love with me first. I need a male who is- I love you. So th- Thank you. Uh, but I need a male who's not threatening and who is would just be willing to work for me and love me at the same time. Even if I grew out of love with him and started fucking other people right in front of him, I, I need him to still be on board. Oh, how cuckold of you. Now, would you allow him to have goldfish in your presence? Yeah. 
if he shot me beautifully and just uploaded it and did everything, like, could you imagine just sitting down and having your lights and everything done and then just getting up and like going about your day? You don't have to like download anything. You don't have to move anything on a hard drive. You don't have to take anything to a Final Cut Pro. You don't have to edit anything. You don't have to find a picture. You don't have to upload it. You don't have to do any of that. You just like have a Blake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's abusive. Yeah. But it's ideal. There's something about Blake saying that he, you know, has never been in a committed situation and Juliana's going to come out for him that I wonder it was such a life-saving move for him. And at this point, he doesn't know it, you know, but it's unbelievable that he got himself out or he's going, you know, I don't, that he got someone to help him give him something in his life to extra extradite his, his self from Teal. I mean, they're like umbilical cord. I mean, yeah. He's like her, he's, she's like an octopus and he's like one of her arms, you know? And there are other arms, but he's just like a very strong arm. He must be like her right he's, hand. He's two. Yeah, he's two of her arms. Two of yeah. her tentacles. Yeah, tentacles is the right word. All right, my love. So listen, start this if you haven't yet. It's fabulous. You'll really, really like it. Also, again, trigger warning for child abuse, for sexual abuse, for trauma, for suicide, all of it. You have to definitely understand that knowing it knowing that go before you're going in. So if that is something that you're dealing with, don't watch it. Also, please get help. Um, there are mental health hotlines and resources, um, like, you know, different different when it hundred numbers that you can call. And it's really important to get, at the end of the day, someone of sound mind and someone who has background in psychiatry to help you and I think that there is help to be gotten. And then one other thing that I think I really take away from this documentary is how many people feel lost and lonely and how sad that is for many people. And if as a human society, we could find a pathway towards people feeling that without getting sucked in by some crazed, maniacal dictator, because that's almost like what cult leaders are like, I, it would be really great, but I don't, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to bridge that gap. And I, and I understand if you are just like being on YouTube late at night as like was watching the home shopping network and QVC or like infomercials, like back in the day, it's like what you have to do at 3am. So you just stumble upon someone who seems like they know what they're talking about. And if you are not of sound mind of yourself, I can see how you could get hooked and God bless. So anyway, other than that, listen, Take care of your friends, like I say, and I'm going to take care of my wa. And we're going to order Zanku and also take a lot of naps. Also, just be amongst down pillows. Also, making sure that we're doing the most moisture possible for ourselves and our lives. And listen, I'll give her a deal. It can be 65K until she can pay me more. Okay. Okay, we love you guys. Well, oh, we will say this. Of course, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are DocuSweeties. DocuSweeties1 on Twitter. DocuSweeties on Instagram. We're going full force. We also, my loves, have a TikTok. Sometimes we post there too. And that's available to you. And uh, if you want to see us, though, if you want to see me, like, give you, like, a one-shouldered look and, you know, a curly hair, if you want to see all of it, if you want to see Wa perhaps eating a Zanku piece of chicken, if you want to see it all, there is a way for you to do so. And that would be on patreon.com slash docusweeties. 
We're your dot do 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 do